body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Rodosevich alongside Jacob Stinson and Cameron McLaren on this beautiful Wednesday evening. We got some hockey to talk about. We got some MSU hockey to talk about, some NHL hockey to talk about later in the podcast. The NHL is now in full swing, so that's super exciting. Gentlemen, how you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, hockey's fishy, hockey season has officially started again. Um, and, you know, waiting for the Blues to start officially, you know, because they don't, they don't play till like Saturday or something. But... Um, other than that, happy to be here. Have a great time. Yeah, I mean, once the leaves start changing pigment color, it's it's hockey season. So tomorrow I get to go catch a Firebirds game for the first time, so that'll be fun. And then my uh, Stars play the Rangers tomorrow. So all in all, should be a good day. And then a very, very, very long weekend for me. So so good luck on that, boys. And uh, we got a lot hold of on, hockey to talk I'm, about. I'm, I'm stopping this real quick. Well, Did on. you just say tomorrow? Yeah. Are you like you like did. a Canadian? I, I do it every now and then. There's no, there's Tomorrow. there's no need to talk about it. Reel um, it back in. Yeah. No, there is need. No, no, so, no, no. So here's no, the thing. No. You guys, no. it's tomorrow. Yes. Now it's that, tomorrow. Now that I'm. Say it with me. Tomorrow. Got, we we have a podcast. I know. Do we but, have a podcast? I mean, do we though? Okay, I will. I will I say this. To... If you guys get me a little bit inebriated, <laughs> that the Canadian comes out. The, so it'll it'll be fun. But yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, it's same. Tomato, tomato. Let's go. Potato, potato. All right. Ryan, let's go. Okay. There's stuff to look at in the Big Ten in the scheme of hockey land. I don't really know what that means, but I said it. Um, So we're taking a look at the Big Ten. The standings currently, there's pretty much not many games played, but hey, we'll talk about it. Michigan sits at number three in the country. Minnesota sitting at number four. And then nobody else but Notre Dame is not ranked in the top 15. They're getting some votes, though. So that's something to note. Another thing to note, Wisconsin, who was ranked number 14, actually uh, took a took a big L to Michigan Tech. They actually got swept by them 2-5 uh, to five and then 1-5. to five. So that was kind of shocking. They are no longer ranked, and they are 0-2 on the season and, you know, low in the, uh, the Big Ten standings right now. But as it sits, you know, it's early on the season, but why not talk about it? Michigan and Minnesota on top, both 2-0. Penn State, Michigan State, and Ohio State tied with 1-1. One win, one loss, and then Wisconsin with two losses, and then Notre Dame actually kicks off their season this week, I'm pretty sure. So they're at the bottom right now. So that's a Big Ten. Nothing really too much to talk about, but you know, just wanted to highlight that. But we got some Michigan State hockey to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, Michigan State took on Air Force Academy this past weekend. Game one was a very hard-fought battle, very even, but MSU did drop to Air Force 2-3 to three in overtime. Uh, the shots were 39 to 31 in favor of Air Force. Like I said, it was a pretty even game, but until that third, Air Force kind of took over. They had 15 shots in the third alone. So if you're MSU, that's something you really don't want to see. But um, Josh Nather was able to open up the scoring. Great back end feed from Griffin Lochran. Both of them have instant chemistry, it looks like. So that's cool. And Lewandowski also got a goal in that game. So both of those two notched a goal. Uh, Willie Ream for Air Force did actually end it in overtime. Fun fact, he actually had two OT winners in all of last season, and Air Force only won three games last season. So, hey, if you were going to pick an OT winner in that game, it was that guy for sure. And then DeRitter started game one. He made 36 out of 39 saves. Looked pretty good, but you know, couldn't save the last one that put the nail in the coffin for the Spartans. So, gentlemen, what did you guys see in game one? I mean, really the key there was just... Um more than anything, was that, that thing that stands out the most is the shot total for Air Force. You can't really allow 39 shots on goal and expect to win. I mean, Air Force has not been a historically good team, at least over the past few years. So um, there's really, they kind of got lucky with the game being as close as it was, going to overtime. But yeah, simply put, you cannot allow 39 shots on goal uh, and expect to win, especially in the Big Ten once uh, conference play starts. But they kind of got lucky there and just ended up dropping a close one, but that's pretty much the main the main takeaway I'd say is just that shot total. Yeah, I mean you really can't give up thirty nine shots to any team and expect your goaltender to make a lot of saves. I mean we saw that a lot of the time last year with this Michigan State team that they called upon their goaltenders to make forty plus saves in I think half the games that they played, but 
Danton Cole said it was it was literally just a one shot hockey game. They Michigan State missed a couple of chances, didn't convert on their only power play of the game um, on Friday night. But all in all, I mean, it's the first game. There's always going to be that rust, especially with a bunch of new guys coming in, and then that first line with Lochran, Middendorf, and Nadler played exceptionally well. Josh Nadler settling into that slight leadership role that he has, being that first line centerman, along with two guys that you know have previous. Uh, NCAA hockey experience and then you have Griffin Lochran coming in which we'll talk about him in a second but coming in it's now they're getting that first goal is good Louis getting his first goal is also good for the season because offense was few and far between last year so being able to score two goals in your first game that's fine but getting him from those key core players that's that was something that they had to build off of going into Saturday. And game two, a breath of fresh air for MSU and Spartan fans that were able to see the scoreline and watch the game. Michigan State wins 5-1. to Michigan State also going 3-for-6 on the power play, which, wow, it feels very good to say that because MSU was obviously not too good on the power play last season. So they went 3-for-6 in that game. Griffin Lochran actually had two power play goals in the first period back-to-back. They were uh, less than two minutes from each other, so that was super exciting. And Michigan State's power play now sits at 43% after two games. I just wanted to pull that up because, hey, 43% after two games. That's, you know, that's fun to say. But uh, shots were 39 to 29 in favor of MSU. So a little bit of a flip of the script there. Uh, Louis netted two, or Lewandowski, I should say. Louis, yeah. Potato, potato. He nets uh, two more goals in the series for three on the weekend. So that's an excellent start from him. And then Dennis Asana. Oh my goodness gracious. If you guys have not seen this goal, try to find it somewhere. I think it's on Big Ten Hockey Twitter. Probably retweeted on mine and Cam's and somebody else's. It was a beautiful go to the net between the legs, flip it over the goalie's left leg pad or right leg pad, and it was in an holy, holy bollocks. It was it was an absolute goal. Like everybody that was around Cam and I covering the game, our jaws were just open just hanging for like 20 seconds it was absolutely ridiculous everyone was just like what the heck did we just witness definitely the greatest goal i've ever seen in uh in pro hockey me watching pro hockey so yeah yeah the guy next to us who was actually recording the game um i talked to him the other day and he was like i didn't know if that if he went between the legs until i looked at you talking about me because i had my i had my hands covering my mouth like oh my god he actually just did that so he looked and then he was like, yeah, that's the, the confirmation that I needed that he went between the legs and just did shilling dirty. Oh my gosh. It was, it was a sight to see, but gentlemen, I talked about some stats in game one, what, or game two, rather, what you guys got for game two. Well, I, I think really there's a whole lot of things you can look at here um, as great signs for MSU going forward. Um, picked it up big time after the, after the dud that they kind of dropped defensively um, in game one. But, like, even then, first, just talking about that Sasana goal, it just shows, like, well, the Sasana goal, the fact that they put up 39 shots on goal in this game, went three for six on the power play, all these things, it shows, like, they have confidence in this offense. Like, these new guys, there are guys out there making plays that have, yeah, and they have the confidence and the ability to put the puck in the net, which is something, for example, who... Who on that team last year would you have seen try even attempt that's a sonic goal? No. Not not a soul. Right. And like, yeah, the fact they went three they went fifty percent on the power play in six attempts, um, as a whole, it's just night and day difference from what we saw in that game two versus like what this team was last year. And that's I think the big thing for me is the fact they're able to put up thirty nine shots on goal. Even, yeah, just try pretty much anything out there to put the puck in the net, like going through the legs and throwing it right past Schilling. It was just all in all, just a fantastic game from MSU. There's really nothing you can point at, I think, really as like a bad thing about this team from that game. I I kind of beg to differ. Um, there were a few... If you look at the stat lines, okay, like I can digress this entire game if you give me like three to five minutes. So... First things first, they opened up a 10-0 shot lead because they had the first two or three power plays of the game. Air Force took a penalty in the first minute 10 seconds. So when when you do that, you're automatically shooting yourself in the foot. So 
Michigan State didn't convert on that first power play. They converted on the second. Lochran with the tap in, able to chest it down, put it in the back of the net. All all's well, it ends well. It's great. Um, they get to two to nothing because it ended up becoming a four on three. They were they were on the power play. Gucci already got tangled up with somebody at center ice. It was a four on three in the offensive zone for Michigan State. Wang wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Puck going all the way around Schilling, and then. Uh, Lochran was just able to poach it past him. So you're up to nothing. You're feeling great. But then everything kind of changed whenever uh, Air Force got that one goal back. Luke Rowe, it was a a five-minute major that was awarded to Michigan State. They failed to capitalize on it because Pap took a penalty um, with about two minutes remaining on the the five-minute major. As soon as that power play ends, Michigan State's five on five, but they leave Luke Rowe wide open on the point. He skates forward, just blasts a shot past Charleston, goes off the elbow and in. It's goal scorer's goal. Beautiful goal. But the problem was is that Michigan State, especially in that second period whenever they were nursing that 2-1 lead, they left a lot of chances for Air Force to claw themselves back in the game. There were a lot of defensive mishaps. And then the worst thing that happened was in the third period when Adam Goodser took the the hit the hit to the head after the play. Tucker puts in a shot, uh, Schilling saves it, gloves it, and then after the play, it's just a retaliatory. He basically clubs a guy in the face with his twig. He's ejected from the game. Five minutes for head contact for a play after the whistle. Cole said that they needed to, you know, limit those retaliatory penalties. He said that after the game, because at that point, it was three to one Michigan State. You get somebody a five-minute score-at-will Petter uh, power play, because it's uh, with a major penalty, you can score as many times as you want. But they there were some chances. Charleston came up with some big saves. The post, came, the post and crossbar came up with one that easily could have made it a one-shot hockey game halfway through the third period. But Spartans able to kill it off. They did have a lot of good defensive plays but they they left some chances wide open on film that other other teams can look at that and hurt them i get it it's early on in the season you gotta you gotta shake off the rust but to say that like there was nothing bad you could take out of the game there were there were chances where this could have easily been a 3-3 hockey game before the four on four penalty that happened and then you had both sasana and lewandowski linking up Excuse me, if you watch the play, it's great. Lewandowski starts from the half boards, works his way up. It's a 1-2, essentially. If you watch soccer, they they worked the triangles. If you watch soccer, you know what that means. But basically, they they worked around the defender to bring him forward. After bringing Lewandowski from the half boards up to the point, Sasana took his spot. They passed it through. And then Sasana has just a one-on-one with Schilling, and he goes between the legs because... He thought he was going to read backhand, and Sasana decided to put it on the forehand between the legs and go for it. And then Lewandowski puts the fifth and final uh, nail in the coffin, and five-one victory. But there, there was there were good things, and then there were some bad things. That when you take a look at it on film, there was there were some there were some chances that both Michigan State had that they didn't convert on, and then Air Force had and really didn't convert on. Yeah, five to one doesn't really tell the whole story of that game. I remember when it was two to one, you kind of had that thought in the back of your head where it was like, oh no, it's two to one. It's a close game. Maybe if Air Force ties it, this could be the same result as the night before. But on top of what you were talking about, Air Force blew. There were a lot of passes that Air Force just completely missed, like wide open guys in the zone on the offensive attack, and boom, just a missed pass. And if you're watching it in MSU eyes, you're going like, ooh, thank God. But yeah, Air Force did look pretty sloppy. They had a lot of opportunities. But hey, good teams, good teams win the game. And MSU scoring five, obviously one off an empty net from Lewandowski. Forgot to mention that earlier. But good teams win games, and five to one, still good score line. Not doesn't really say everything, but it's still good. And also, I forgot to mention uh, Pierce Charleston was in net for that game. They uh, DeRitter was in net for the first game. Charleston took the second, and he looked pretty sharp saving 28 out of 29 so there was that yeah and going off your point it basically just kind of goes to show the whole like sometimes the best def- your best defense is a good offense so michigan state had that readily available but like when they were nursing that 2-1 lead it was kind of like okay what's what's going to happen here because it there was a lot of blown coverages in the defensive zone and i'm pretty sure they hit that hard on practice on tuesday so 
yeah, although the locker room was probably very happy after it, Cole probably had some things to say to them to uh, to calm them down after that win. But speaking of the win, Michigan State has another opportunity to grab some wins on the board. They welcome in Miami of Ohio, obviously not Miami University, but they welcome in Miami of Ohio uh, to the Mun Ice Arena and see if they could take some games to them. So Miami right now, we'll take a little preview at them. They're one and one after splitting against Ferris State. In their first week, they did average five goals over two games. So, I mean, I don't think Ferris State's that great of a defense, but five goals in two games, something you got to watch out for. Last season, though, Miami was 5-18-2 at the National Collegiate Hockey Conference. So not that good, but it's a new year. Turnover in college always happens. So we'll see what kind of Miami comes to Mun Ice Arena this weekend. Those games will be Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m., by the way. So, gentlemen... What do you see in this series? What do you want to talk about and highlight? I think, really, this is kind of a good matchup for MSU. Um, a good chance for them to pick up a good couple wins before they start conference play. Mainly because, um, like we said, they... Uh, sorry, my mind is completely blanked. Um, with Miami, like, yes, they did score five goals or average five goals over, the, over their two games they played this year. But on the other end, look up how many uh or look up how many goals they've let up in the same time they've also they they played two games so far they beat Ferris State in the first game 7 to 4 and then they lost in overtime 3 to 4 so they're not exactly doing a great job of taking care of their own net on top of that um in each game their goalies played um one game apiece same as MSU did last weekend um and each goalie respectively their highest their highest save percentage on their team right now out of each of those two games was junior Logan Neaton, who had an 8.79 save percentage. Ooh. Not exactly going to win you many games um, either either way. So that's my that's my big thing right there. They don't do a good job of keeping the puck out of their own net. So hopefully if MSU can kind of keep that offensive momentum they had going last game, then I think this is a very good opportunity for them to pick up some nice wins before conference play starts. Yeah, and I mean... Miami is in a very, very good conference. The The NCHC boasts Nebraska, Omaha, North Dakota, a lot of very good and very pedigree-style teams. They're, they're, they are the gold standard when it comes to like one of the top ho- hockey conferences in the nation. So last season, 5-18-2 is kind of a little bit of a uh, deceiving just because of how stacked that conference actually is. But this this is a very interesting game just because of how Miami is coming off of those losses to the loss and the win to Ferris. You take a look at, they had a five-goal second period against uh, Ferris in the first game, which got them into that game, basically blew Ferris out of the water. And then the second game, not so much productivity. So it's it's going to be a very interesting test to see how Michigan State kind of what the game plan is against this team because the last two times that these two teams played each other was nine years ago in the CCHA, the the last year of the CCHA. So it's, it'll be very, very interesting to kind of see what this team does, but honestly it it should be very good. I like the way that they scheduled this game. Um, Right now I'm actually just like trying to make sure that they're still in the NCHC. I have no clue. They are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Are. I just I just checked it. So, um, don't want to bring falsified information on this podcast. Oh yeah. So. Only spitting facts here on behind the mask. But it's just it should be very good just because of the way that Michigan State needs to start out this season to kind of get some confidence with those younger guys, with those older guys that come back that came back and didn't have the best of offensive production last year. So, it should be a very good test. I'm expecting a pretty close knit matchup. Uh, surely a lot of goals just because of the way that Michigan State is trying to play and the way that Miami is kind of leaking at the moment. So should be fun. Yeah, I feel like for this series, you kind of start to understand what this MSU team's going to be. Going against Air Force and Miami to open up non-conference doesn't really say too much, but there are two teams that were down last year that if MSU's a good team, should capitalize. I think MSU should have swept the series last week, and I think they have a really decent chance to also sweep this series. But yeah, this series will, in my mind, be pretty telling on what MSU team we're going to get. I say that probably next week I'm going to go like, well, wait, I'll just wait till conference play to see what they're going to be like. But I don't know. We'll find out what happens this weekend. But Jacob Stinson, 
Michigan State will win this game or the weekend series if they do what? If they can put over, we'll set 33 shots on goal. You're going for the shots this this uh, season of the pod, I see. It's kind of just a theme. I mean, more so, it's it kind of proved true last weekend. Um, huh. Where so if they can basically if they can put up shots and like keep that sort of possession to put up a, num- a good number of shots and put the puck on net aggressively. Remember, I highlighted their best goalie, at least stat wise so far this year. Let me pull up the no- exact number again. Um, it was about like eight, eight seven, nine, or eight, something. Seven, nine. Yeah. yeah. Basically, their goalies have not been been very good at all to start off the year. So I think really if they can just kind of keep up that same aggression they had in the first or in the second game against Air Force last week, um, then they'll have no problems pulling out a win this weekend. Cameron, Michigan State will win this game if they do what? Uh, if they score some actual power play goals, just like they did last week, they were zero for one in that game on Friday. Uh, three for six Saturday it was a very big penalty ridden game for both teams. Miami took 11 penalties last week. It didn't hurt them a lot as Ferris couldn't capitalize on a lot of them enough in the second game. They, I think they scored maybe two out of the six or seven opportunities they had, but it, this will be a very, very good game for the Spartans and a good series. If they can score on the power play, just because of the way that both of those units looked, I mean, you, you saw it on Saturday, the first part, they don't really have a first power play unit. You could, uh, I know Cole said on Monday that the first unit is probably the one that's got Dennis Asana on it, but they weren't the first ones to hop over the boards. They had the, the you would call it second unit with Tucker, Nodler, Lochran, Gucciardi, and I forgot who the last person was on that unit, but excuse me, they looked very, very good. Lochran's two power play goals because of getting into the dirty areas, Jagger Joshua style goals. But that's what Michigan State's going to need. They're going to need those shots from the point. And even even better, Gucciardi could have scored an absolute worldie of a goal from, from inside the slot. Just a one-timer, he fanned on it. But it's just Michigan State played very well last week on the power play. Expect them to try to do it again this week. And that's how they're going to win these games is if they can get some power play production. Yep, I'm going to control C, control V on what you said there. I think if MSU scores a power play goal, that puts them at a good advantage and they'll win some games this weekend. So, Jacob, Miami will win some games if they do what exactly? Um, If they can stay strong through all three periods, um, this is kind of um, how it worked for them in the second in the game they lost against Ferris State. They were up 2-1 to one going into the third period. Uh, and then they threw two, and then Ferris State went up again late and then they scored an empty net goal to tie it. But um Ferris State put two up on him in the third period and then Ferris State ended up taking it overtime. So I think really as long as the same thing kind of went that went for them in that second game doesn't happen against MSU and they can stay strong down the stretch and their goalies can defend the the net for all three periods, I think they have a good chance of pulling this out. Cam Miami will win if they do what? I love how Jacob just took the kind of like weird end around John Madden approach. You know, the the team that scores more at the end of the game is going to win. It's like, yeah, <laughs> Miami will win the game if they if they play a full 60 minutes. It's well, like, I mean, is that really going to I mean, happen? they had some, doc- there's some documented issues, at least from the game, from their one loss this year. Two games. They had two games so I've, far. And their one loss this year. They have some documented issues, very obviously, of closing out games strong. So I think if they can, if they can, play well in the third they'll have a good chance of winning yeah it, it kind of goes to my point a little bit um Miami's gonna win if they take a second period lead or if they take the lead into the second intermission I, that's what I should say okay um they were dominant in that second period over Ferris on their first win on Friday 7-4 you score I think was if I look at it correctly five goals in the second it was actually four one of them oh, okay. on the power play but okay. it was both in the beginning and near the end first five minutes last six minutes of those of that second period so that to me just said that spells trouble for the Spartans because this is this is kind of an unproven group if you think about it. It's kind of a hodgepodge of old veterans who have been here for a little while that kind of know the system, and then new guys that have come in that you know have that experience and have that winning pedigree. Um, Middendorf has that winning pedigree from Chicago. Um, Jesse Tucker has had had a lot of success in Green Bay. Um, he's their career assist leader there, so it's. 
it's kind of trying to figure out that balance. But with a team that's not as experienced or not as, co- you know, maybe not as cohesive as you want them to be early in the season and still has a little bit of those defensive miscues, for a team like Miami, if you could take a lead into the second period against a Big Ten team, you got that adrenaline build up. And Michigan State, not very good last year coming back from the se- or coming from behind. So with with this group, they're still un- there's they need to be tested in order for me to change my mind about teams taking a second period lead on them. So for me, the Red Hawks win a game if they can take a second period lead. And for me, I got a little bit of a descriptive one, I guess. Um, I think Miami will win a game if they score first, but only if they do it in game one. MSU, for some reason, last year we saw it. They were a game two team. Game one, they would come out and just absolutely flop. You know, their tires would just pop and they lose seven to one, five to one, three zero. We Nine saw to it. nothing. Okay, there's that one too. We saw it time and time again. Game one, they just came out flat. And game two, they actually looked like a very passable college hockey team. So I think Miami only has a chance in game one and only if they score first. I don't think Miami's going to win game two at all. But if they want to win the first game, they got to get on the board first. Make sure MSU doesn't because if MSU does, I think they're running away with the weekend series. So that wraps up blank wins if. A little bit of a schedule update. So Michigan State obviously taking the overtime loss against Air Force on Friday. Coming back Saturday and winning 5-1. to one. Their upcoming schedule is against the University of Miami, Ohio at 7 p.m. on Friday. And then back-to-back, of course. Wait, did I say Friday? Yeah, I said that right. And then back-to-back on Saturday, October 16th against Miami, of course. Next weekend after that, October 22nd, Friday at 7.15 p.m. They were at UMass Lowell. And then on Saturday, October 23rd at 7.15, same time, they're at UMass Lowell again. And then they finally open up conference play October 29th and 30th at Ohio State. So that's a little bit of a schedule update. We'll highlight some more of those games as they come closer. Of course, that's what we always do on Behind the Mask. But now we're getting into the, the picks and the, the segment that everybody cares about. Not just us only caring about it. Everybody cares about it. It's the Behind the Mask pickums, And we got some updated standings. So I kind of want to recap what happened last week because i feel like you know it helps to be able to follow along if you know what happened last week so minnesota swept mercyhurst so we all guessed minnesota we all got two points there bentley did split against ohio state we all had ohio state sweeping so we all got zero there none of us got it right michigan tech actually sweeping wisconsin which none of us saw Uh, cam and i had a split and we thought we were on top of that but that didn't happen so we didn't get any points off that Penn State split against Canisius. None of us predicted that, so that's zero points. Michigan swept uh, Lake Superior State. All of us had that right, so we got two points off of that. And then MSU split Air Force, so Cam and Jacob got their point. I went for the MSU sweep, so I bit the bullet there and got a zero. So the updated standings, I sit lonely in last of two. Jacob's in first of six, and Cam's close behind him with five. And we got some picks to call, ladies and gentlemen. The first game on the slate. I wish we could have some music for this. I'll be hype. We might we might look into that. Yeah, Cam, go go bang out those drums over there. We got a drum set in this corner. No, you're not gonna do it. Okay. Anyways, uh, the first game we have is actually a headliner game. There's a lot of very interesting games. If you guys want to watch some college hockey, I know the NHL just came back, but there are some good college hockey games this weekend. This one is only gonna be one game. It is number three Michigan against number five Minnesota Duluth. Jacob, who you taking? See, I honestly still kind of don't know. I, I kind of been waffling back and forth in this one for a few for a while now, uh, for this because it's well, it's a top five matchup. It's hard to pick exactly either way, but I think I'm going to end up going with the Wolverines on this one just because, just because of all the talent. Minnesota Duluth does look really good. They took come off a couple quality wins, uh, sweep over Bemidji State. So they obviously Minnesota Duluth is no slouch either. They're the number five team in the country, but I think it's just all of that, all of that talent on Michigan is going to in the end be too much to overcome. So give me the Wolverines. Yeah, I've got Michigan uh, just because Minnesota Duluth they are coming off of a very good two game series against Bemidji, um, but it's Bemidji, so I think in terms of you know the the eye test, I'm pretty I. I would have Michigan over Bemidji in that case. And then those those games were close, 4-2, to, 4-2 on Friday, 2-1 on Saturday. So 
Bemidji's a very, very, very good team right now, but I still think the Michigan Wolverines are going to take this one. And I'm not really too sure why I'm going Minnesota. I'm going to pick Minnesota Duluth to win this game. I think, I don't know, something's just telling me in the back of my mind, go ahead and pick Duluth. It's probably going to bite me in the butt, but I just feel like picking them because, hey, why not? We got some variety in the picks. Make some more fun. The next game we have on the slate, another, like, oh, my goodness, these matchups, man. A Goliath matchup here. Number four, Minnesota takes on number two, St. Cloud State, who went to the final and lost against UMass last year. So that's a good team. And, uh, Jacob, who are you picking for this? Uh, I got a split. Um, not really a good reason other than just gut feeling. There's two highly ranked teams going against each other. Um, both teams legit. Both have proven they're legit. Give me a split. Yeah, same reasoning. St. Cloud, very good. Minnesota, also very good. So I, I can't really complain if either of these two teams win a game, so I'm going with a split. So opposite to what I actually had last game, which was no prior recollection or knowledge to why I wanted to pick Minnesota Duluth, but I did anyways, this one I actually looked up a little bit, and I'm picking the St. Cloud State sweep here because a couple reasons why. Uh, St. Cloud State actually won their first game 12 to 2. Sure, it was against St. Thomas, but like, holy crap, 12? You got you got to stop when you hit double digits. 12. Like, I, I, that's absolutely crazy. But um, they did actually have a series against Minnesota State, which was a Frozen Four team of last year. Um, they did split them, but the reason why I brought that up is because they're tested. They got tested by a good team early, so they're coming into this series with a good test under their belt. Minnesota, they've only played one series this season. It was against Mercyhurst, and sure, they won both games, 7-4 to four and 5-3, to three, but none of them are dominant against a Mercyhurst team that I would expect the number four Minnesota team to kind of manhandle, but I don't know. I just, I see some writing on the wall. St. Cloud State and Minnesota both are great teams, but I think St. Cloud State has the edge because they've been tested early already, and Minnesota hasn't, so give me the sweep there. Sorry for the long-winded answer, but that's my pick. Next game we got is winless 0-2 Wisconsin taking on Army. Jacob, who you got? Um, I'll go, I'm going to go with Wisconsin again here. Still, I think they'll put it together. They did kind of get completely embarrassed uh, last week against Michigan Tech. But um, I, I still, they've still got all that potential there on that team, all that physical talent. Um, it's too much for me to say that they're going to lose, drop a game to Army this week. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin in this week. To say that they got embarrassed is an understatement. They were brutally manhandled in both games. And for that reason, I, I can see Wisconsin still losing a game to Army. Army is a very, very good team. Especially last year going 15-6-1, challenging in the Atlantic Hockey Conference, if I remember correctly, challenging American International all the way to the end of the season for that first place spot. So I, I, I can see a split. Just because Wisconsin still needs to prove themselves. They lost a lot of firepower over the offseason. So this is going to be a very much a uh, prove-yourself series for the Badgers. Yeah, and I also have a split. I was thinking of going Wisconsin sweep, but uh, Cam and I were talking before the game, or before, not before the game, Jesus, before the podcast about this. Wisconsin lost a lot more than I really thought. Losing Cole Caulfield, of course. They lost Dylan Holloway, their star defender. And then another thing I want to highlight, Cameron Rowe, who got selected for the second team all or second team preseason honors for Big Ten, he's supposed to be somebody that steps up this year and looks good in net, and he did not look good against Michigan Tech. If that's going to continue, there was a Wisconsin team that, although we probably forgot about this, two years ago, they were bottom of the Big Ten with Dylan Holloway with Cole Caulfield and with a lot of the talent they still have, that team finished last. Who's to say that doesn't happen again this season? They dropped two early against Michigan Tech that they should have easily gotten one over. Sure, Tech's a very good team, but I think that was a very even matchup. Who's to say they don't flop? I don't I don't know. So I'm going with the split. That's that's the reason why I didn't go with the Wisconsin sweep. I'm going with the split here and yeah, that's that's just what I think. Hopefully that gets me a point. Ohio State versus UConn is the next matchup on the list here. Who you got, Stincy? I got UConn. I kind of had to do, I mean, because we all kind of know that or prediction-wise, Ohio State's not going to be all that great this year. Um, 
But I mean, I had to look a little bit more into UConn and they were impressive in terms of like their schedule this year. I mean, like they dropped a one a one point game to Boston U, uh, and then came back and beat the next game and also beat them five one, similar how MSU did. Uh, and granted, they also played Sacred Heart and beat them six three in a non conference game. Um, but they the ah, sorry the Huskies put put up some points on the board, uh, and they've proven they can at least. So uh, they just look they look really good at least from the from the box score from what I can doing my research. So I'm gonna go with the UConn sweep. UConn passes the eye test. I got him in a sweep. End of story. Uh, I have a split. The only reasoning why is because it's at Ohio State. I think they're going to take one game against a good UConn team that's been tested against Boston U. Cam shaking his head. Trust me. No, I, I kind of feel the same, but the thing in the back of my head is talking, and it's telling me to do go for a split. So I'm going for it. Hopefully OSU pulls one off, but I'm not super confident about that at all. I will not put any money on that for sure. The next game on the slate, it's also another one-gamer. It's Michigan Tech, the Wisconsin Slayers versus Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Who you got, Jacob? Uh, I mean, you kind of listed it already. It's the Wisconsin Slayers, that guy at Michigan Tech. Um, it's just mainly because of, yeah, they Michigan Tech has proven they completely dominated Wisco. Um, and then on top of that, Wisco is a team that I would put in terms of the Big Ten hierarchy above a team like Notre Dame. And Michigan Tech embarrassed no, no, uh, Wisconsin, so I would say I wouldn't say it's going to be quite as bad as what the Wisconsin series was, but I still expect Michigan and Tech to come out with another big win. Give me the Huskies. I I, I don't think Notre Dame is that good of a team. I'm sorry to all the Fighting Irish fans who may or may not listen to this podcast, but Michigan Tech they proved themselves. Until they prove otherwise, I'm I'm going with the Huskies. So. I'm also picking Tech for the sweep here. I think these are going to be two sneaky closer games because I, I think Notre Dame still is a good team and they got something to prove. But uh, yeah, Tech going 10 goals and, or not, yeah, 10 goals in two games against Wisconsin. That's a pretty nice feat. What, yeah, what? Notre Dame is one of those teams where it's like you really think you should beat them and then they make it way closer than you, than you think. So your analysis on maybe it being two close games is pretty correct, but. And yeah, then, I, ju- I just wanted to throw that in there because Notre Dame's always one of those teams that's just like, really? It was that close? Or yeah. really, they beat you in overtime? Like, huh? oh, it was 3-2 after it was 2-0? Okay. Huh? Come on, guys. So uh, that's that series. And then the headliner of the Pickums, the last pick of the day, Michigan State taking on Miami of Ohio. Who you got, Jacob? Been waiting a minute to say this one, but I got an MSU sweep. Um mainly just like they I think the MSU offense they're still figuring or the MSU team as a whole still figuring some things out but they have made leaps and bounds at least in terms of developing the offensive chemistry compared to what this team was last year so far so I think really if they can put that same offensive chemistry against a Miami team that does not really like to keep the puck out of their own net I think MSU can pretty easily come away with wins in both games I would go with Michigan State, but I think the defensive errors that almost cost them um, against Air Force are probably going to cost them in at least one of the games, especially since they're not really a game one team. So I've got a split just because Miami might win that first game, which is going to hurt me a little bit as for things that we will talk about at the end of the podcast. But, you know, I, I just don't think that with Michigan State firing on all cylinders yet, there's still there's still a lot of room for improvement on this team, and I don't think that you know one loss against Miami is that big of a deal. So, give me a split. It's still early on in the season. I have been screwed over twice by picking MSU already, and for some odd reason, in the back of my mind, the moment I don't pick MSU to sweep or to win a game, they're gonna do it. So. I'm going with the MSU sweep just because of superstitious stuff, I guess. I don't know why. Well, actually, I actually have some reason. Um, I think MSU is going to win game two. I don't know why. I think that's a lock in my head. Game one is going to be, uh, I think, very, very close and even. I don't really know who takes game one, but I'm hoping it's MSU because I'm putting my, my money on the line. No money, actually, just my BTM picks here. But uh, I, I pick MSU in the sweep, and that... 
wraps up our Pick'em segment for this week. Obviously, I'm going to be on top of the board next week. Thanks to all those beautiful picks. Right, guys? No? If I had a cricket gonna, sound effect. Yeah, gonna, where's the cricket I, sound effect? I was going to say, if I had the cricket sound effect, I'd play. <laughs> you, you guys are quick to jump on that one. But uh, those are the the behind-the-mask pickums that count towards our points. But we have a little, little fun segment since the NHL is back, like we've talked about a couple times over the last two pods. We're going to go ahead and try to predict every single division winner and then the Stanley Cup winner. So, hey, why not? NHL, it's fun. Fun to pick stuff. Fun to talk about it. We're a hockey podcast. We could do this, I'm pretty sure. And uh, we're going to do it. So, yeah, we're going to just predict all the divisions, then... Give a Stanley Cup winner, and we'll see who's right at the end of the season. For Jacob, the, yeah, who you got in the Metro? I was going to say, for the record, I am. Uh, these don't count towards the NAC. Like, since hockey season will actually be over by the time NHL playoffs roll around, the Big Ten, then these don't, these are not going to count towards like pickums at all no, or anything like no. that. But moving on for my actual pickums, uh, for the Metro, I've got the New York Islanders. I think the Isles have always kind of overachieved pretty much every year given the talent they have is never something that's really going to wow you jumping off the paper um their best player or the best forward at least being matthew barzal who is very good yes but isn't you know doesn't compare with some of the other stars in that division like a zabanajad or a crosby or ovechkin or whoever else you'd want to throw in that mix um so i but i think the islanders as a whole solid team very well coached and they always seem to over uh, overperform expectations they made the Eastern Conference Finals, what, the last two years now? So, um, yeah, I, I expect them. I think this is the year they kind of finally start to put it all together. Um, and so I think they're going to finally take the division. Yeah, I they're a very good team on paper, but I still think that Pittsburgh takes the Metro just because of what they were able to do to Tampa Bay last night. 6-3 win without Malkin, without Crosby. Yeah. And that's the first time since, I mean, the broadcast was saying, it's the first time since 2003 that they haven't played with a guy named Malkin or Crosby. So for them to in beat... In a season the, opener. Yeah, yeah, in a season opener. But for them to defeat the you know reigning Stanley Cup champions at Amelie Arena, which is the Lightning's home rink, home barn, yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh still has a chance at you know winning the Metro Division after the the divisions were all kind of uh, jumbled up last year. And I just, I I think that Pittsburgh's got a very good chance. Yeah, the Metro is a tough division to pick. There's a lot of good teams up there. And that's why I'm going with something that is probably a little bit off the board. I'm going with Carolina to win the division. My reasoning is, whenever I pick these things, I usually pick the flashy teams that are probably favored to win. And it always screws me over. So give me Carolina to win it. They're a flashy team. They're a fun team. I like watching them. Their goaltending concerns me a lot. I'm pretty sure they got Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta. So I have no idea how that's going to work. We've seen Frederick Anderson on Toronto in the playoffs, and that did not look good. So that concerns me. But it's not the playoffs. We're talking about the regular season. And, hey, if those two goalies are able to actually stop some pucks, I think Carolina could, you know, get some get some points on the season and maybe steal the Metro. But, yeah, I would probably pick the islanders here but i'm just going off my board going carolina so why the heck not i mean carolina's a good team but oh yeah you don't trade your almost calder that your, your oh calder finalist alex nadelkovich to the, the detroit the detroit red, red wings, wings for basically Woo! nothing yep i Iserman fleeced them oh Iserman my goodness. strikes again yes oh my god the eyes are playing Ooh. all righty let's keep her going the central division stinson who you got uh, it's the avalanche. I think, I mean, well, it's it's one, Nathan McKinnon. Two, um, the first round of the playoffs this year kind of told me everything I need to know. Um, the avalanche are a great team. I just don't, I don't think they're going to win the cup. Spoiler. But um, they're a fantastic team, and they are the kind of team that dominates in the regular season. So give me the Colorado avalanche. They're too good. They, It's their division to lose just because of their style of play. You look at the Central, it's a lot of a, it's a grittier style division, but they, they found challenges against the Stars, um, so they might drop a few games there. Uh, the Stars swept them, I think, the entire year last, or the last time that they played each other in a series in the regular season. I think it was like 4 nothing, uh during the COVID-shortened season, so I'm just going to throw that there, but the, the, they're going to pick up every single game against Arizona who jumps from the Pacific to the Central this year because of the Seattle Kraken. Oh, but yeah. 
Yeah, it's Colorado's division to lose just because run and gun in that division, if you can escape a couple of hit, uh, of hits and escape a couple of checks, there's no doubt that this team doesn't score at least four or five every night. So give me the Avs. Yeah, I'm also going Colorado pretty easy. Their only opposition I see in that division is really Winnipeg. Sorry about not saying Dallas or St. Louis, gentlemen. I know, I know, but... I think it's, you know, it's it's Colorado's division to lose. They're going to be on top pretty much from the beginning to the end. So that's, we all picked Colorado there. Pretty obvious. And then this one also may be kind of obvious, but who you got in the Pacific? Give me the Knights. It's, I mean, it's not really another team. I think that there's only one team in this division I think that can truly even compete with Vegas for the top spot, and that's Edmonton, just based off of the, the front talent we have with McDavid and Dreisaitl. But as a whole, Vegas is just such a solid team, top to bottom. I don't think really losing Flurry does all that much for them since they're replacing with Robin Lanner, who is also a fantastic goalie in his own right. So I still think they're going to run this division the way that they have been recently. Yeah, I have hit this mic three times already <laughs> this podcast, so I'm very sorry about that. That's poor mic placement on my on my behalf. But yeah. Vegas is just an absolute buzzsaw of a team. Like, I hate to be the, the king of cliches here, but there's nobody else I can challenge them in that division besides Edmonton. And not going to lie, Edmonton does not play well against Vegas. Not to mention that Vegas, their arena is so hard to play at. Just because of the way that the rink is, with the way that the boards are. So many players have just talked about how the puck takes weird caroms off the boards every now and then. And there were a couple times last night you could see that a little bit whenever it goes off the end boards. But... No, Vegas, too good of a team. Too, too much fire, firepower, too many veterans. It's it's a very good team. Yeah, give me Vegas as well. They opened the season against Seattle yesterday, looked very good. Their offense is flashy as ever. They could literally score in two seconds. You blink and you miss it. The Marcheseau goal last night was an absolute beauty, a little bit of, of, a, of a dangle and then a tuck right when the right when he was on the goal line. So that was that was beautiful. But yeah, give me Vegas. They're a buzzsaw, like you guys said. I don't really see anybody challenging them for top points. And uh, I'm trying to read. No, I'll just I'll just skip that. Anyways, that's the Pacific. We all picked Vegas, just like in the Central. We all picked Colorado, and uh, we're moving to the Atlantic. So, Cam, who are you picking for the Atlantic? Yeah, this is an argument that me and Jacob had, but I've got the Florida Panthers. They did really well last year in the NHL's South Conference. That was, I think they placed first. Second was either the Lightning or the Hurricanes, if I remember correctly. But that 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 roster, they're returning a lot of the same guys that they had last year. And they're just, they're such a weird team to play against, just how they play. They can score goals when you need to. They're very good on defense. You look at who they got. They're got they're, Aaron Eckblad is coming back from that nasty leg injury. Radko Gudis, Mackenzie Wieger, who came out last year, very good defenseman, very good on offense as well. But you look at, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this. The name just popped out to me. But uh, no, Florida, you, you look at who they have at the top. They have uh, um, Barkov. They have Jonathan Huberto. Sam Reinhart, pretty good. Patrick Hornqvist. Carter Verhage played very well last year. And then now they've got Joe Thornton. Yep. So... It it's that's gonna be a very good team to watch out for. And then Spencer Knight and Sergey Bobrovsky. I'm sorry, but that that's a very good goalie tandem. That so could, give me them the for the Atlantic. So for the Atlantic, kinda how I went with picking Carolina in the Metro. I'm gonna go a little bit off the board here. I'm picking Toronto just because last season in the Canadian division, they looked very, very good in the regular season. But um the reason why I'm also picking them to win the division is because I want to see them flop again in the playoffs. Like, oh my God, I would love to see them go down in the first round. That would be absolutely hilarious. So me picking them kind of, you know, pushes them towards that happening. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. I think Toronto's stacked. I think they do very, very good in the regular season. It's going to be hard to win this division with uh, with Tampa, with Florida, with all the teams in there. But give me Toronto to win the Atlantic and then get bounced the first round like always in the playoffs. See, okay, so for both of you guys, I can somewhat agree with the Florida pick. It's not my Florida, I think, is a very good team and they will be very good this year. I don't know if they're going to be first. Toronto, I think, is going to not be first for the same reason of uh, 
kind of what you were saying last year about how they were dominating that North division. Look at the other teams in that division. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. The trust me, I small know. Small <laughs> sample size there, bud. You may want to rethink well, that. No, when I half, was thinking well, of I'm that saying when half of your it. game, when half of the teams you play include the Senators. Yes. Um, Calgary. Mm. Um, I don't know. The rest, Vancouver wasn't really that great last year. Ooh, Winnipeg no. had some Winnipeg moments. had some moments. They weren't the same solid. Winnipeg as Montreal, last year. Montreal was eh throughout the season, then magically turned oh around come playoff time. Well, we, all, we all know why they turned on in the playoffs. Cole, Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and, but yeah, like now they're playing legit teams. Oh yeah. <laughs> and not playing half like a good chunk of the games against Ottawa. Um, I think they'll they'll come back down to earth quite a bit. Um. But how can neither of you guys pick the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning? Because I, I don't want to. That's yeah, why. No. <laughs> I get that they've lost some guy, like a couple guys. They lost guys. their third line. Yes. But look at all the rest of the firepower on that team. Still have Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, yeah. Still have Hedman. Still have Stamkos. Still have all of these guys on, that Cooch. are still returning from their team. Exactly. Uh, still have all these guys that are returning from this Cup team. I think now granted they came off to a slow start last year i don't expect that to be the case this year granted they did drop their first game but um no still this is going to be a this is still a fantastic team and they're still going to i think pretty much run the league nevertheless their division they've got the Corey perry curse though i mean look at Corey perry i'm sorry to say this but on the stars lose the stanley cup on the canadians lose the stanley cup oh no Three in a row? I did not Maybe. realize that. I think Maybe. I legit, Scory Perry? Come I have on, a guys. very good belief, actually, that it is going to be three in a row. You know what? I, I, do, I, wait, I really wait, wait. want him to get another ring, but I don't think it's going to happen with Tampa. But hold on. Pat Maroon's still on Tampa, right? Yeah, Pat and Maroon's he's won three in a row. So, so, yeah, maybe they cancel out there. We'll see yeah, but how the that the plays first, out. The first one doesn't count because it was with the Blues. That's just not oh, a hey, real franchise. I mean, it's still three in a row, <laughs> I'm though. sorry. It's not a real franchise. It's like oh, just how some people don't believe Wyoming is a state. Like, oh, it's not it a isn't. real franchise. <laughs> Wyoming isn't a state. That's just a fact. I mean. Alrighty. <laughs> okay, so those are all the divisions. Uh, we'll see who's right at the end of the year. When we're probably not even doing none this podcast. None probably of us. none of us. And uh, the last pick we got here is the Stanley Cup winner. We try to deep dive into the NHL and pick who's going to win it. Don't put money on this because we're not professionals, nor are we all that good at uh, pickums. I mean, maybe well, I, I mean, should say that for myself. Yeah, you guys are six, five, and two or six. I, mean, I did five, win I them know. last year. So Yes, yes. Okay. So. You know, Cam won. Maybe, maybe you want to put money on what Cam has to say. And for that reason, Cam, you're going first. Who you got? It kind of pains me to say this, but I'm going with the Isles. Uh, <sighs> the Isles just, I don't i don't know what it is. That team on paper, it's its such a good team. They bring back a lot of veterans. They still have a lot of young guns. JG Pajot. They've got Matty Barzal. Like, it's, that's a very good team on paper. I don't like how they play at Barclays. Um, I wish they would stay at Nassau County or Nassau County Memorial Coliseum. I, I didn't yeah. even know that was part of it. It's Nassau. I think it's Nassau. That was Nassau Cal- Veterans Memorial yeah, it's Coliseum. Veterans. There it's not go. Nassau County. Well, it's in Nassau County, but like, yeah. You know, long, sto- long story short, I wish they would stay at the old barn, but they're not. Barclays, very hard place to play at as well. Very hard place to watch a hockey game <laughs> on TV because the, t- the, the cameras aren't set up right. But no. The Islanders, they're going to make some moves in the Atlantic. I'm, if I remember, no, no, in the Metro. My bad. I'm sorry. Division shakeup this year. They'll be a second or third place team. Uh, don't think they'll be a wild card team. They'll make it through, have a relatively easy route to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, I think I think they've they've got it this year. They've looked good the past two years. So, you know, give give me the Islanders. Do you know? Sorry to put you on the hot seat. Do you know if they who they added this year? No, I do not. Okay, which is why I kind of picked the Islanders because it's like I I don't really follow them. I follow the Rangers. I follow the Stars a lot more. I'm more ninety five five to the to the Stars. So like, I just I think New York the Islanders with the core group that they have, very good team. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that, but uh, for me, I'm going with what you said for your Atlantic pick. You went with the Florida Panthers, and for the same reason, I'm going with the Florida Panthers to actually win the Cup. I think they have a very, very good roster. They add Sam Reinhart from Buffalo, which I think is 
going to have a little coming out party this year. I think he's projected to start on the third line, but we'll see. They'll probably shake up a bunch with injuries and all that stuff. But the other reason why is I think Bobrovsky is going to have a bounce back year. And with the addition of Spencer Knight, who showed what he could be in the playoffs of last year, I think that could be possibly the best goalie tandem if it works out. Obviously, it's 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 probably not going to happen because Bobrovsky has not looked like his uh, former self. And then I'm putting my, all my chips in the bag with Spencer Knight, a 20-year-old. So who knows what happens with that. But I'm going to Florida. I think they have a very, very good roster. I think if they got past Tampa last year that it was actually going to be theirs. So a little bit, maybe a little bit off the board pick. I don't know if I'm off the board of this one, but give me the Florida Panthers to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. Um. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't, let me go, let me backtrack again. So I've had a theory. I've mentioned it before, I think, on the podcast. I've definitely talked about it with you guys a good amount of the time. But there's my, my whole thing with how teams built in the playoffs are going to go. They have to have a team that plays a strong physical defense coupled with an elite goaltender. Uh, or at least one that gets unbelievably hot come playoff time. Um Last year's last couple years had Vasilevsky. You had playoff Bennington, which is in an which is just is was went God mode that playoffs. Years before we've had guys like Crawford, Holtby when he was an MVP, Flurry, all them. My pick this year is Vegas. I think that team is Vegas. You've still got Robin Leonard, great goalie, um, strong defense led by guys like Alex Petrangelo, also a Stanley Cup champion, uh, <laughs> um, and then. Just continuing on with that, yeah, th- that team still front to back is just a very good, solid team, top to bottom. There's really is not a true weakness on that roster, and so that's why I think uh, my pick for this year is going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. See, I would probably go with that pick, but this year for these picks, I'm just going willy-nilly because, you know, like I said earlier, my picks never actually work out when I think the good teams are going to win, so... I like what you said there, but I got a I got a rebuttal on one thing you said. Leonard, great goalie. He's had a lot of injury problems the last two years. We saw it last year, obviously, with um, Mark Andre Fleury coming in the net and just oh my gosh, what a show we put on. But the backup for Leonard is Laurent Brassat. I do you guys know who that is? I'm just Brassot. Br- I mean, not many people really knew who Matt Murray or Jordan Pinkton were when they won their cups okay. either. Just stop okay. with the that Just saying. That was, if you watch the Loki series, I'm just saying, Matt Murray, I'm just just, saying no. they, they, there's someone that could come out of nowhere and be like ungodly hot too. Yeah. Knowing how my knowing how my predictions work for these kind of things, predictions this early, I, it probably will happen at some point. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just, I don't, if Lander gets hurt or Lander yeah. gets overworked. Like, yep. And the playoffs, too. I mean, this happened to the Stars with Hudobin. I mean, you can't just ride Hudobin for, I want to say, about 20 games straight. Like, I mean, or like 20, 20, 20 of those games. games. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Come playoff times, it's it's a brand new, brand new, brand, brand new game. So that's why I went with the Isles, just because it's like, okay, they, they've, got, they've got the firepower. They've got the talent. So... It'll be it'll be interesting. What? Watch not a single one of these oh, somehow yeah. be it'll right. It'll be hilarious. Somehow. We look at the end yeah, of the year. Definitely. I can. I'm already calling it now. None of us are going to be right by the end of it because some random team is going to come out. Uh, Montreal. Some they ra- go back Honestly, to the cup and they win. Montreal if that comes happens, back. Oh my god! Holy moly! But like I'm saying, some team is going to come out of nowhere and just just you know. Ah yes, the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> no, with, I trust me. I'm optimistic, but I'm not Nadelkovic that optimistic. In, this, in that tier oh, yeah. of goalies, honestly, gonna... Nadelkovic could like the sophomore slump is a real thing, but mm-hmm. I think Nadelkovic might be pretty good this year. Imagine if Nadelkovic, because he still could get, he still could win the Calder. Imagine he wins Calder and Vesna for just being an absolute beast. I don't think that's possible, but like. Who knows, man? It's... Somebody has had we're, to do we're that. We're missing one major drawback here. We're talking Vesna odds for for Ndukovic. He plays for the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is true. I mean, part of the Vesna, good yeah. goalies have. Good I'm not saying they would have happened, say, well, but yeah, I want great it to goalies happen. always are, have good support from their defense at the same time. That is what makes a good goalie, really. And all right, it's if, the Detroit in, Red Wings. In this case, like just because we could be wrong, surprise picks 
or a surprise pick, one surprise team to maybe make the playoffs that probably shouldn't make the playoffs. Hmm, let me let me do a little look here. And one of them is on the TV right now. Okay. What I can see. So um for context, the uh Ra- Island, Islanders Rangers game. He's talking about no, the Rangers. No, the, the Capitals Rangers Capitals? game. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I'm boy. I'm so, I I I was thinking New York and I don't know. I just eh. We were talking about the Islanders earlier. All right, just one real quick go, Jacob. Uh, um, 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 part of me wants to say Seattle, but I know that's not going to happen. Uh, Minnesota? That's a solid pick. That is a I very mean, solid I pick. Think projected, th- projected fourth, I'm pretty sure, in yeah, the Central. Yeah. Probably after Chicago so does that really count? and yeah. the Blue. It's, I would say it's probably going to be Colorado and then Nashville and then somewhere in there, the Blues, Blackhawks, and Wild. the Wild. I'm I'm taking the, the stars wild. could go in there, but I'm I I'll hold my reservations still halfway through the season. I'm take I'm thinking Minnesota just from kind of looking at this because I know Kirill Kirill Kaprizov is a star. That that guy is unreal, and I think the team is a bit improved from last year. Um, I don't think they're a legit like cup contender quite yet. Uh, they're still a few years away from that, but um, I mean. Cam Talbot is going to be, I think, a bit of an improvement in net over Kapo Kakinen from Always last good. Year. Always good choice. So I think, but yes, Kirill Kaprizov, I think, is going to have his kind of second year true breakout, I think, in the sense, and drag Minnesota to a playoff True spot. breakout. So All was right. it a false breakout last time? No, I mean, as no, opposed to... Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so we are going from Kirill the Thrill to Ryan's pick. Who do you got? I'm going for... L.A. Kings, they got a glut of young talent. I don't know if they're going to start them all this year. I I really don't think they do. But if they do, I think they could shock the world and maybe sneak in in a fourth spot where, because that division, in my opinion, is going to be the worst division in hockey with uh, Anaheim, Calgary, Edmonton, Los Angeles, San Jose, Seattle, Vancouver, and Vegas. As somebody's going to take that fourth slot, I don't think it's going to be the Kings, but hey, if I wanted to pick a fun, interesting team to make it, I'm picking the Kings. So we are now going from the team with the the 99 Gretzky throwbacks and going from Jacob's pick with a guy who almost played in the KHL this season due to a contract dispute. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it was it was bad. Curl wanted more money for less time. So, But yeah, now we are going to my pick because yeah. I kind of just wanted to have some of this. But yeah. The, give me the New York Rangers. Uh, Metropolitan going to be pretty stacked this year. Rangers maybe a seventh or eighth in that wild card that you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, because who do they have in front of them? Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Columbus. If Patrick or no, yes, if Patrick Line comes out a little bit, Jack Roslovic, two very good players that got traded midseason last year to John Tortorella's ex team because he's not the coach anymore. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then you got the Islanders in that division. So, pretty stacked Metro. Look for the Rangers to make a late-stage playoff push. Probably get in because who else can challenge them in the Atlantic? Other than maybe Toronto or, not going to lie, like Boston's going to be top three, Tampa, Florida, top three. And then you have Montreal. That They'll probably be a playoff team. So, yeah. Montreal and uh, New York in that last wild card, but yeah, Rangers are my pick. So there's something funny with that Rangers pick. I I hate to kick Kyle Hattie while he's not here, while he can't defend himself. But Hattie actually predicted the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup last year. So when you picked that, I was like, oh, that's funny. They were probably going to be a playoff team last year. Didn't even get close to the playoffs, and wait, now it, now you're picking them no, as a sleeper. Wait, was so that like, was that a serious prediction? Yes, I, predict, yes. I, think, I think it was. Yeah, that was a serious prediction. That's, I remember that. He's going to listen, and the palm is going to hit the like his temple so hard. <laughs> that is just I I don't even know how how why what he was yeah. doing. It's just. Well, I mean, we 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 were still on Zoom at that point because Lafreniere. He thought you know Lafreniere was going to go off, but him and Kako Kako didn't Capo Kako, not Kako Kako, not two first names or not two same names. It's he thought okay. he was going to go off. Yeah, we get it. You good. Okay. So sorry. That was long winded that we love talking hockey. So we went ahead and took a lot of your time by doing that. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up behind the mask. We got some games that MSU was playing this weekend. Got to bring it back to college hockey here to wrap it up Friday. Cam and Jacob actually making it big time. These two fine gentlemen surrounding me are broadcasting on the Big Ten Network Plus. So, 
congratulations, guys. Hope you guys have a great call. Almost said something I should have said there, but we're good. Hope you guys have a great call. There we go. You guys want to say anything on that? Or are you good? No, I'm excited. It'll be it'll be a good time. Hope hopefully I miss you can catch a dub. Yeah, it'll be a pretty fun game. And then if you want some impact coverage, Owen Ozers and Matt Merrifield are covering for impact, so they'll be writing a story and live tweeting that game if you want. And then Saturday, Jacob and Cam are getting off the Big Ten Network plus pedestal, sadly, and they are covering for impact. So they will they will be writing a story and live tweeting. Who's do you guys know who's doing who? Probably you'll be live tweeting. Uh, it's up right. to you. We'll do that. So, uh, hey, just give out your Twitter ads real quick for the people. Uh, my Twitter is Jacob F. Stinson, F for Foster. Yeah, and mine is at Cam underscore McLaren, two C's, two R's in that last name. So, And that is going to wrap it up for us here in the basement of Holden. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 3, Season 10 of Behind the Mask. We'll be back next week to recap the Miami series and talk some more hockey. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.